Welcome to Form, a podcast that explores the artistry and architecture behind communication. I'm Silver Wallace. And I'm Kate Douglas. This week, we speak with arts educator Lisa Sokolov. Lisa was our professor at university. She teaches a method she's created called embodied voice work, which explores the resources and power within the process of freeing your voice. It's big, scary, beautiful work. Lots of crying, lots of joy, lots of rolling on the ground, trying to figure out why babies crawl backwards before they crawl forwards. I mean, that was theater school, right? In a nutshell? Totally. We talked to Lisa about the power of language, hate speech, dishonesty, resonant fields, dignity, and so much more. Here's one of our favorite moments from our conversation. You know, there, there's this um, really, really, really ancient Jewish text. Um, and it talks about how there are three fields, time, space, and point of view, you know, lens. And will, you know, I come from a very particular lens, you know, old, older, white, Jewish, privileged lens of someone who, you know, whose formative time was the 60s and the 70s. So, you know, will I ever get beyond my lens? Will I, if, if one was imagining a lens as a window, could I slowly make the window larger and larger? by breaking through my shadow. But there is something about this incarnation that we are looking through lenses of our experience. And, you know, the thing, one of the things that has struck me over the past decades is I can really think I know what's right. And I can be so convinced. And then all of a sudden, just like that, I realized, oh man, I was so off the mark. So that's an interesting thing. And that has to do with lens and yeah. And I think that's a lot about what the struggle is now in the world. You know, very hard for me to understand the lens of those folks breaking into Congress with zip ties and, you know, very hard for me to understand the lens of a, of a deep Trump supporter, really difficult. Do I have to? Do I want to go in there? Would we be better off if we could actually communicate? Yeah, all that is really complex not. That brings me to a question. I mean, you, you just bring up a, a really beautiful point. Uh, and, and I love the metaphor that you use of your lens as a window. It makes me think about how sometimes I'm just able to look through that window. Sometimes I'm just able to to see it. And maybe sometimes all I can do is look and see another perspective. And it's not for me to understand or, or get. All I can do is just look at it. And, and that's a start, like maybe that's a start to some kind of understanding or connection. I don't know. 
that goes back to the communicating thing. And that if you really communicate, that action could morph the shape of your window. We spoke to the writer, composer, multi-hyphenate Todd Allman, who brought up a moment from David Byrne's American Utopia, which I don't know if you've seen or heard. With Todd mentioned the synapses moment about when we're babies, we have many, many synapses and over the course of our life, they're pruned. And David Byrne near the end cycles back to this fact, suggesting that perhaps these synapses exist in others and thus we need each other. So what you're saying evokes that for me, this idea of over the course of your life, you're pruning your lens, but, uh, and then to access those other possibilities, gifts, lenses, we need others to, to be right. The other thing, um, you know, so every child is born with making every sound and depending on their witness sounds that are not in the language that they're born into, fall away, right? So pretty immediately, within the first two years, you are adjusting according to the relational field of that being who's responding to you. And you, and you lose sounds. You know, we don't do a lot of ha, ha sounds in English. So they fell away, right? They're not in our language. But that has to do with the witness and that you're going into you're going into resonant phenomena with your field and your witness now this can go right back to the political piece we had right because people are constantly in reverberation with their particular field that just adds on to the signal this is a field this is the culture that i'm in this is what my group of friends think and I will, and because of that, I get more and more entrenched. I also wonder if there's even a way to, as you said, this solo work that you're doing and how to communicate, how to bring that self to social situations, given this strong resonant field, what you just said about how language shapes our brain or is shaped by our brain and vice versa makes me think, Oh, there's so much that as part of our upbringing is part of us. So how do, you know, even if we are alone and out of a, out of our usual cultural context, there's still some, some shapes in our brain, some vestiges of our previous witnesses. Not even vestiges. Absolutely. They are unused. So, I mean, that's one of the reasons I'm a huge advocate to learning as many languages as you can. It changes your thinking. It literally changes the patterns in your brain. You know, and, and we need that as evolving, as evolving people. Listeners, you guys can't see us on this Zoom, but I'm just making all of these <laughs> choreographed uh, signs that my brain is exploding because you guys don't understand that this... I mean, this feels key. This is like, so this is the key. And I think it's one reason why 
I, I enjoy like listening to so many different types of music and listening to watching TV in other languages. I love watching like dramas on Netflix, go to everybody, go to Netflix and watch like all of the different TV that you can watch in other in the language that it was made in and don't switch it to like English, everything and English subtitles, just like watch it for what it is. Because there is so, I mean, and that's such a like silly example, but sometimes I'll even just take the subtitles off because I don't want to know immediately I just want to watch and see what I can pull this is such a big sidebar but like I that just speaks so deeply to me because that I do this all the time and it's a ritual that I've that I inhabit in my day-to-day life of just trying to that's how I'm trying to make new waves in my brain is like how can I get in contact with as many different types of sound and language and music as possible. Wow. Art is such a beautiful pathway to that. It is. And learning new languages, you know, to learn a new grammar. You know, I've been working on learning some new languages and, you know, learning new grammars. You know, my first response is I'm not going to curse, but, you know, there's no way in hell I'm going to learn this, you know, something, something you for even like asking me to learn this, you know, to really break your entire lifetime of grammatical structure. So, you know, you can learn French and you can learn Spanish, but it's basically your same grammatical structure. So you're learning new language, you're learning some, but grammatically you're basically, but then you start to break out into other wider languages that grammar is you know completely other be it chinese hebrew sanskrit uh possibly german how many languages do you speak lisa i know little bits of uh about five of them but you know little bits i one of my (laughs) One of my pastimes is looking up word, untranslatable words. Right. I, I love that. I love that in other parts of the world, there's something off the tongue that's part of the shared vocabulary. One of my favorites is, sorry, everyone, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation. Um, Esprit d'escalier, the spirit of the stairs in French, which is... <laughs> when you leave an argument and then on the feeling you get when you leave an argument and on the stairwell, you think of the perfect thing you should have said in that moment. And I have this feeling all the time, (laughs) but I'm so, I'm so happy. There's somewhere in the world, a word for this or several words for this feeling, but (laughs) there's a German word that I don't know. Maybe you do about the feeling of being lost in the forest which I have all the time. <laughs> oh, this gosh. podcast is essentially, essentially is essentially all of those <laughs> untranslatable yeah, basically. words. Do you have any other untranslatable words in German? Uh, the one about, you know, joy over someone else's suffering. What, Schadenfeld? What is that? Schadenfreude. Yeah, Schadenfreude. Thank you, Broadway, for bringing us yes. Avenue. Oh, is that what that's about? 
you know, I just, I, I just, I, I've, I've spent time there and I have a dear friend and, you know, he'll just say, okay, this is the word. It doesn't exist in English. This is the word. And then he tells me my, uh, my memory stinks, but there's so many of them. It's so, it's so very specific. You know, we're in English. We're not specific. We love spaghetti. Like we love our lover. Like we love God. Like we love jelly. You know, I mean, love. I mean, it's so, so vague. It's so un undiscerning you know you feel the same way about a carbohydrate as you do about you know the person you've committed your life to, entire life to I can even it's democratic <laughs> I mean don't don't you don't you love spaghetti the same way that you love your life partner I mean <laughs> do I love spaghetti like I love God uh, let's see you know it's a very different experience and our language does not allow for that kind of discernment right in sanskrit there's like a hundred and something words for love right it's very particular i wrote a poem about that three pages of different kinds of love yeah and that whole process of writing that book trying to make language that's so specific and now having to navigate translators you know so specific it's like excuse me but you can do a translation, but I have to be in on it because a release is not what you think. <laughs> you know, it's so specific. If you're going to write, you need to be specific. Maybe you'll find a word in another, in another language that's actually more precise than the one you already have in English. So cool. Lisa Sokolov is a renowned frontline vocalist, improviser, composer, and educator. She is the originator of Embodied Voice Work, and her book, Embodied Voice Work Beyond Singing, was released by Barcelona Publishers in March 2020. For more, visit lisasokolov.com. Thank you for listening in. I'm Kate Douglas. And I'm Silver Wallace. Check out our Patreon for more content at patreon.com slash formapodcast. This episode was mixed and produced by me, Kate Douglas. Theme song is by the amazing Warp Trio. Follow us on social at Form Podcast.